powerful weapon, Redeeming the Time Brothers podcast, a podcast by Gene Kissinger and Norman Kissinger, two brothers who have spent their lives in ministry and raising large families. Our desire is to provide a digital place for those who long to belong. We're developing discipleship tools, distributing them across multiple platforms to bring about a rapture-ready body of believers so that when Jesus Christ comes back, he'll have no trouble recognizing his own children. Tonight's nightlight is out of the Gospel of Luke, the 18th chapter, the first verse. It says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. I was preaching a revival back in Oklahoma, and the the town that I was preaching the revival in was really uh, a part of a, a military base that was there, and I got to go on the weapons range and shoot a belt-fed machine gun. It was one of the coolest experiences that I've ever had. It was awesome! And the the range, uh, the, the man who's in charge of the range was uh, right beside me showing me how to do it and how to, how to fire it and safety that was involved in it and what kind of damage it could do. You could shoot uh, bullets so fast that uh, uh, over time, if you didn't change out the barrels, the barrels could melt. <laughs> Dude, that is amazing, man. I, I've kind of always been fascinated by weaponry. I would, one of my bucket list things, if you could pull this off, you'll be my hero. I would love to ride in an M1A1 Abrams tank. They're out of, I think they're out of Gowan Field up there. and they, They're awesome. They'll go across the desert at like 60 miles an hour. I mean, rough terrain, and they can lock in onto a target and shoot and hit it at, at full speed. Man, I think probably guys like a lot of weaponry. I assume probably ladies do too. I don't know. I want to talk to you about this, probably the mo- in my mind, the most powerful weapon that you have in your spiritual arsenal. This is not a physical weapon, but really our warfare is not a physical warfare. It's a spiritual warfare. It's not fought with uh, carnal weapons, not fought with physical weapons. It's fought in the spirit realm. And I'm, I'm convinced the reason that we're in the situation that we're in right now as Christians have forgot how to fight spiritual warfare. We've moved over into the arena of politics and we should be involved in politics because we live in a democracy and we in essence are the government so we have to be involved in that. But if you're trusting in politics to be to bring about a political salvation, that ain't gonna happen. We live in a sin-cursed world and every government and every form of government has people in it and those people are corrupt because of sin nature and so our answers in the spiritual realm now vote pray about who you're going to vote for vote with the bible in one hand and your your uh, voting guide in the other hand but boy don't look to washington dc to be your savior it won't it can't so how do we win the spiritual battle I think it has to do with prayer and learning some powerful lessons in prayer. Um, uh, One illustration, first of all, God's been working with me on prayer. Number one, uh, he wants me to be persistent in prayer, to pray until something happens, uh, P-U-S-H, push, pray until something happens. But also, he wants me to be um, expectant in prayer. Listen to this illustration out of Hudson Taylor's life. He's the father of modern missions, founded China Inland Mission, and really started a wave of missionaries going overseas in America and Britain and other places. Missionaries started launching out as a result of Hudson Taylor's ministry. But as he was just starting out, he was on a ship headed over to China 
to begin his missionary work. When Hudson Taylor was sailing to China to begin his missionary work, his ship was in great danger. The wind had died. The current was carrying them towards some sunken reefs, uh, which were close to the islands inhabited by cannibals, so close that they could see them building a fire on the shore. Everything they tried was to no avail. In his journal, Taylor recorded what happened next. The captain said to me, well, we've done everything that can be done. A thought occurred to me and I replied, no, there is one thing that you have not done yet. And what is that, he queried. Four of us on board are Christians. Let us each retire to his own cabin and agree in prayer and ask the Lord to give us immediately a breeze. Taylor prayed briefly and then, certain that the answer was coming, went up on deck and asked his first officer to let down the sails. What would be the good of that, he answered roughly. I told him that we had been asking for a wind from God and that it was coming immediately. Within minutes, the wind did begin to blow and it carried them safely past the reefs. Taylor wrote, Thus God encouraged me ere landing on China's shores to bring every variety of need to him in prayer and to expect that he would honor the name of the Lord Jesus and give the help each emergency required. There are situations in your life that you've done everything you know to do and you've called all your friends and you've done everything they know to do and you've Googled the situation and you've done everything it told you to do. Wouldn't it be good if you took it to God in prayer, expecting a supernatural answer from God and persistently prayed until something happened in that arena, till God either changed the situation or changed you or changed the other people in it, but God did something in it. And so I think sometimes prayer becomes a last resort when it should be this most powerful of weaponry that we really go to instantly and, and believe in passionately. Let me give you a couple of hints to maybe do and think about as you begin your time in prayer. First of all, pick a time and place and be consistent in it. Uh, one of the reasons that we don't pray is we don't make time to pray. Jesus talked about entering into your prayer closet and when you, when you enter into your closet and pray in secret, the Father in heaven rewards you openly. In, in other words, just praying changes things. We have to spend the time in prayer to do it. Another one is to be instant in prayer. Be ready to give prayer anytime, anywhere, with anybody, uh, and, and be ready to shoot up a prayer to God in any situation. I, I try to have a, be in an attitude of prayer so that when a situation arises that needs me to connect to the Father, I can instantly go to God and say, God, I need help right now. I don't know what to say. I need help right now. I don't know what to do. I need provision right now. I don't have anything. God, I need strength right now. I'm weak right now. I need to be connected to God close enough so that it, it's not awkward for me to do that, but it's instantaneous and it's just passionate and powerful. Uh, another thing is, is worship. Uh, worship as you begin to pray. Uh, Jesus started out the model prayer, Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And he started with a concept of worship that was involved in that. In Psalms, Psalms 95, one through six says, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. The Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. He is the, he, in his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills, is his also the sea is his and he made it and his hands formed the dry land oh come let us worship and bow down let us kneel before the lord our maker another thing that i would say is a quick thought of how to develop your prayer life is begin with the bible in your hand 
Uh, prayer is not meant to be a monologue where you talk at God. Prayer is meant to be a dialogue where you and God converse together about the situations that are going on in your life. And the way that God talks to you is, is not through some occultic method. He speaks to you through the Word of God by guiding you to particular passages, by helping you to understand biblical truth. That's God speaking to you. And then your prayer is your response back to God. So if there's some difficult area in your life, start with finding out what the Bible says in principle about that situation and then pray to God and say, God, well, your word says this. Help me to do this. Help me to apply it. Show me what steps you want me to take as a result of the truth that you've revealed. And thus prayer becomes kind of a breathing in and out. It becomes a dialogue where you communicate with God and he communicates with you through the word. Um, Another thing is keep a prayer journal, or at least a list in a notebook. Something so that Satan can't come and whisper in your ear, well, God doesn't answer your prayers. God God loves Gene, but he doesn't love you. God loves, you know, God God loves Billy Graham, but he's not listening to you. And, and so Satan does that stuff. So if you have a prayer journal or a list of prayers that, that you've written down, and then you've also written down when God answered that prayer, then you can go back and you can, whenever Satan's trying to tell you that God doesn't answer your prayer, you can go back and list show him and show yourself it's a faith building thing that God, you know, God answers prayer and you've got written evidence of it. George Mueller, uh, a founder of five different orphanages during a, a brutal time in England when a lot of parents had died and kids were left, were left without parents, he took them in and fed them and he had thousands and thousands of answered prayers where he didn't ask anybody for help but God in prayer and God answered that met thousands of them were on the same day he prayed them so he prayed for food and God brought food to the orphanage that exact day he's got a there's a museum of, of his house in in London I'd love to see it sometime and they've got copies of those journals that are there just thousands and thousands of answered prayer um, God can use that to, to build your faith up so that you're mighty in prayer. Boy, Christians have got to get mighty in prayer quick. We need, I mean, we need it just in our personal lives, in the stuff that's going on in our nation. Man, masks aren't going to save you from the mess that's going on around us. The mess going on around us is spiritual warfare, and we better get the right weapon. We better get the M1, A1, Abrams tank of prayer going on. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, I thank you for how good you have been to us. You have been so kind, so gracious, God, to give us mercy and grace to help in the time of need. And we come boldly before your throne asking you to move in our personal lives, God, restore and heal relationships that are broken, asking for financial resource, for real needs that people have, asking for housing to open up for my brother Mike and his little family, God, that you'd allow some place to open up for them to be able to move into. God, I pray that you would be with those that have to make difficult decisions, give them wisdom and skill. God, I pray that you'd help us to move into this arena of prayer that we might fight the battle in the right place. Thank you for all that you've done. Watch out over us on this night. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, God bless you. I love you, but Jesus loves you even more. Have a great day.